Good morning. It's showtime. It's 8.35 and we are going live. One of the biggest complaints that listeners have about podcasts is that one of the hosts waffles on for far too long trying to get to the point of the episode. You want to know what's going to entertain, inspire and educate you. Well, welcome to the House of Property. I'm Katie Griffin, and I can guarantee that you will get all of this from me, but I can't guarantee that my co-host won't do all of those things that I've mentioned above and waffle on, the things that you're not meant to do. This is your friendly welcome. We're throwing open the doors and letting you in. Welcome, and hello, Martin, how are you? The irony of a 50-second monologue from Katie Griffin saying that I waffle on too much. You might have to change the name of this podcast from House of Property Katie and Martin Talks to House of Property Welcome to Katie's Monologue. Good morning, Katie. Good morning. Good morning. morning Fabulous morning. intro, darling. Fabulous. Not Thank quite you. as good as last week, but fabulous. Well done. Well, uh, How are I'm... you? How I'm was good. your week? How is your week going? The sun is shining in North Norfolk. I've been in the Midlands this week and the sun is shining there. You've got all of the leaders of the G7 down in your mm. neck of the woods. Um, presumably Boris and Joe have popped in for a cup of tea. Is the sun shining in Devon this morning? It's sadly not, I'm afraid. It's a little what? bit overcast. It is a little bit overcast. Feels a little bit close. I think we're going to have a good old rain and a thunderstorm. But um, yeah, my photos have been taken earlier this week, so we're all good. We've got launches lined up, blue sky and everything. Um, but sadly, that's not uh, reflective in the sky today. But there we go. Cal it's Kirkwood from Devon. Um, <laughs> I'm wearing my shorts. Is that warm? If you were able to pan down, I'm still wearing my shorts. It's fabulous. What a great it's day. I'm not going to do that, thank you. <laughs> so that gets me straight on to clothing, the clothing debate, which has run this week on quite a oh, few media channels and Facebook chats and WhatsApp groups about, is it acceptable to come back to the office or, or any kind of work that you're doing, being at home in the office, whatever, and be slightly more dressed downy. So lose those um, waistcoats and ties, um, that sort of thing. Obviously, I don't wear a waistcoat or a tie anyway. Um, so for me, it, it's always been sort of slightly more dressed down. But I'm not in my suit. I do have a jacket. I've got some trousers on. I've got some sort of funky big trainery things that are quite smart. Um, but it's much more of a casual look and feel. I can see you've ditched the tie as well. Is that to stay? Yeah, I I wore a tie one day the other week. Somebody emailed me and said, "Are you going to court?" Um, the even <laughs> Gareth Southgate. So it, you won't know this. So the Euros start this weekend. Very exciting time. Fever pitch for football fans. England manager Gareth Southgate was known in the last tournament for wearing a waistcoat. Do you remember we all wore waistcoats to support England? Um, Rumor has it he's going to drop his waistcoat for um, this um, tournament, tournament um, TM Lewin are the sponsor, so um, maybe I'll get a free waistcoat too. Um, but no, ties, unless you're a politician, for me, have gone. Um, people want to be able to react with, and liaise with people and talk with people who just look a little bit more relaxed, although I do think that is a minefield for the gentleman because ladies are very used to smart casual. Um, gentlemen are less used to smart casual so so turning up to work with just a pair of jeans and a t-shirt on for me isn't on um yeah. but a pair of chinos a shirt with double cuffs and a jacket um is very acceptable 
But don't you feel though that having putting a suit on or a jacket, a blazer, it puts you in that work mind frame. So I know that when I've worked from home and you kind of like just put your, your loungewear, which I think is what they call it, loungewear. Um, when you put that on, so it's like baggy pair. Pardon? Your PJs. Well, no, a baggy pair of um, you know tracksuit bottoms and a, and, a, and a sweatshirt that looks relatively smart-ish, or or a company sweatshirt, but it's still it's still dressed up. I don't feel I get in the right mindset. I need to kind of go. Do you know what? I'm getting suited and booted, and I've got my mind, and I'm on, and that's my mummy bit at home, and this is my work mindset. And I think that you've got to have that differentiation of the two I, I really do but I haven't put a suit on not that I can get into any of my suits but hey ho but I'm really looking forward to to getting dressed back up again I'm um, getting out there I'm actually out for lunch today which I'm a bit excited about um I've got a friend's birthday that we're celebrating so I but I do think that that suited and booted look has possibly gone but there will be a time and a place for it and I think we've just got to have a bit more of a blended way that we work at the moment and it's not going to suit everybody because I know there's been quite a lot of backlash um and, and some going no I have to wear a suit and tie and all that but I just yeah we're, we're in a different culture I think aren't we I think we've got what was it in 2019 it was just five percent of people work from home and I know that 2020 was an unusual year but 50 percent of people were working from home home and there are still thousands of people up and down the country so I think we've got that working from home so I think we've got a massive change um, in that kind of work culture and, and what we do and, and I've read an article this week about one company that have and I'm just going to read it out here recently moved to a 30-hour week but they're paying their, their staff and the people the same money and everyone's going why are you paying the people the same money when they're doing less hours but what they're saying is would you choose to pay someone based on how long they sit at a desk or would you rather pay someone based on what they can achieve for you? Because for so long, the two have been mistaken for each other. And really, it, it, this is now the time that businesses can, can wake up and use the experience of the pandemic to make those long overdue changes to working lives. And they're saying, as a company, if you're not thinking about this, you will get left behind. Now, I'm not sure I agree. What do you think? So going down to a four-day week, that's tricky though, isn't it? And, but we are in a service industry. We are in a customer-based, at least six-day, for some firms, seven-day-a-week um, industry. Mm -hmm. Our consumers trying to get us um, a hold of us and do more outside of our usual nine-to-five. To retract means that you'd have to bring in more resource. Yeah. At the moment, from a business point of view, does the economics allow you to invest more money into more resource to allow for culture and this is a big big balance and one of the big one of the most inspirational people that um i find within our in well, i say within our industry not quite within our industry but services to our industry is joe swash from money penny um, mm. and not only have i been a client of money penny in different firms for over 10 years um i am she's that firm is always in one of the top 100 employers in the country when the times list comes out and she's brilliant at bringing a culture around her team and her business and I find culture massively important with any of the organizations I work with and uh, making sure that people feel that they're part of a journey part of something going on but she takes it to a whole new level well she's in the BBC News today talking about the fact that um people are now working from home and cultures have shift and people won't be returning back to the office or some people won't be returning back to the office and actually 
Leadership styles and management styles are being left behind if you don't empower people and stop micromanaging people. Mm-hmm. Now, in our industry, bring that into our industry, I'm still a massive believer that everyone needs to know what good looks like and people need to know what their part of the role is within that. In- so if that is how many market appraisals you've got to book, how many viewings you've got to book, how many FS you've got to get in, how many sales you've got to complete on, there's got an, an understanding of what will make your business work and i don't think that for any second joe doesn't have that within her business but support and coaching and carrot rather than stick and empowering people comes back to the point you were making about do you employ people to do a role or do you employ people to work for 37 and a half hours a week Um, and i'm starting i think one of the things i've learned coming out of covid is that people are being empowered to do a role i asked for my um clients or employers to turn around and say to me you're employing me to do a role sometimes that's seven days a week sometimes it might be four days a week but as long as the role is completed that's what you employ me for right yeah um so it's interesting isn't it 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 is and i I do think and we've touched base on this show before um about the 24 hour seven culture and i and i get that that some industries are able to adapt and possibly reduce hours down for staff and and still keep them on the same wage and that's fantastic but not every industry is able to to do that Um, and we're certainly one that i think at the moment in particular that those boundaries are really blurred as to you know it doesn't matter that it's 10 o'clock on a sunday i've got a, a conversation i need to have with my agent so I'm going to text Katie at 10 o'clock on a Sunday. And I think that those are the lines that are slightly blurred. And I don't think we're ever going to change that because with the likes of, say, WhatsApp um, and the ability that obviously your phone is always in, in your hand or in your pocket, you don't say blazer pocket, suit pocket, trouser pocket, um, and um, that, that people can always get hold of you. And I think that we're always pushing the communication side of things. And so for, for sellers, buyers, landlords, tenants, they don't see that there's a division. If you're there going, I'm the agent that communicates, they're going to communicate with you. Like I said, whether it's 10 o'clock on a Sunday or 11 o'clock on a Friday evening, they're going to do that. Should we change that? We, I mean, you offer, you, you, you say, get a WhatsApp group together, don't you, to communicate with your vendors. So if you're doing that and you're opening that communication door, are you then putting in, well, actually, you can only contact me between these and these hours? Because that's not how it works, is it? No. Um it makes you 24-7 available. Then you never switch off, and that then leads to burnout. And not only for us as estate agents or property professionals, but our responsibility as leaders and employers. I've made a mistake today. I don't mind showing it on the on the cast this morning. Oh, my God. Um, Can I say you've made a mistake? Du, du, du. I, know. I know, right? Um, so I woke up this morning at 4 a.m., and I knew I had something that was played on my mind, and I needed to um, – and it was something that I've been meaning to email somebody about for the last couple of days. I completely forgot. Woke up at 4 o'clock this morning. I know this lady ever so well, and I know that she's up at 5 o'clock every morning. Um, but I emailed her a question um, that I've been meaning to email. Her first response to that was, why are you emailing me at 4 a.m.? So – this comes back to two or three different ways, doesn't it? I mean, she did email me back at half past five. Um, but this comes back to two or three things. There's been a lot of um, attention in the media recently about burnout and mental health and should people be receiving emails from their boss at 10 o'clock at night and so therefore feel that they have to respond. Secondly, what does that lady think of me if I'm awake at four in the morning thinking about work? Does she think that I'm in control? Does she think that I am um in having got my life work-life balance right does she trust me to go and do the job that she wants me to do for her because i'm erratically emailing at 4 a.m in the morning and i'm absolutely fine and i'm all of those things but (laughs) uh, it doesn't give the right impression does it so you know i you know 
you were talking to me the other day about having there's a new feature on Microsoft. Is that right? About mm -hmm. delaying emails or something. Yeah, so Microsoft have got a setting um, that they've put in place in their latest update that basically says if it's out of the working hours, a little prompter comes up and says, do you want to think about the time that you're sending this? The better time would be to send it tomorrow and you can actually send it, but it wouldn't deliver it, delayed delivery, which is quite a good idea. Uh, but you want because you want that email to go, don't you? So how many how do you manage your inbox? Is it out of control? Um. I wouldn't go as far as out of control, but I do, I probably spend a, a good good many hours on it. And I try and get less than a hundred emails in my inbox. Now to some people they would go, oh my God, because I know some people like to have an empty inbox. That never happens, I don't think. There's always something, something on the go. Um, but I do feel that agents are very tied to their desktop or phone or whatever, and their email inbox, because you just feel I've got to do that, I've got to do that. Now some industry trainers have said, check it in the morning and then have a, a, a counter, an email out of office that comes back and basically says, um, I'm going to uh, only contact you after five o'clock. I check my emails in the morning so you won't hear from me during the day. But I just feel, again, we are offering up that we are communicative. We, we are the agent that's there. We're on it all the time. It's da, 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 that you've got to be responding to your emails. So it, it's a challenge. Every day is a challenge, isn't it? You come in and you might have nothing in your diary. Oh, no, hang on. Sorry, that was me in an alter world. That's not the case at all. So you might come in and you just go, I've got this morning free to do two hours of paperwork. And then I'm out all day doing best and finals and valuing. And then I'm doing some prospecting. But actually, your emails come in and that drags you away from the task in hand and you can't tick off your to do's. So it, it's, you've just got to be really strong and, and balanced, haven't you, in what you do. So I wouldn't say my inbox is out of control. It's totally under control. There's just quite a lot in it. What about you? <laughs> Pots uses your um, your delayed technique yeah. as well, which I think is very good. Um, the um, I keep mine down to fifty. I can't cope with more than fifty things going on at once. I keep mine down below fifty. Um, I have started doing um, my emails first thing in the morning, which tends to be about seven thirty eight o'clock. I do it at the end of the day, and I hit them at lunchtime. Um, but it's taken six months for people to get used to that. I now don't get people emailing me at 10.30 or ringing me at 10.30. I emailed you at nine. Um, mm. it, people have had to get used to that. Um, and it's difficult. But if you're taking your time management and you're looking at what's important and what's urgent, now lots of your emails are important, but are they necessarily urgent? So two or three things that I say that we should be doing as business people within our societies. One, be considerate about when you're sending emails and using mm. tools like your delayed response. B, don't keep um don't keep um don't keep copy uh, reply to all when you're saying things like thank you um or great work or things like that so it clogs it up so just a little bit more email etiquette i think would be good so do you have, you know, you check your emails in the morning and um, Mel is just saying emails are the work of the devil. I know <laughs> um, you check your emails in the morning and you go delete, 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 delete. And you feel really good because you've achieved something. Yeah. But you've got some businesses out there, haven't you, that are told, you know, the optimum time to send something is seven o'clock or ten o'clock. And you know straight away that you're just going to come in and go irrelevant, 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 delete, delete. Mm -hmm. But you don't necessarily unsubscribe. I just think we should just be aware of this as agents when we're sending out our newsletters 
suppliers or you know anything like that or, or other industry suppliers to say when you're giving us the advice is that really the right time to send stuff out but we're totally on communication aren't we and so on communication so this is our buzz for today isn't it communication um so the whatsapp group are you finding that you are setting up whatsapp groups for vendors for landlords how buyers the whole chain are you are you being more transparent are you putting sellers and buyers together but what are you doing at the moment you sound like you've almost created a deal room um the um the no don't put what don't do whatsapp of a chain holy smoke how to completely yes, lose control of everything that's going on should we give each other everyone's phone number holy smoke grifter when was the last time you did some sales progression um, but, but vendors 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 sellers um yes mr and mrs and me in a whatsapp group yeah i would be doing that um because it just it's a quick way of trying to get the same message across everybody um and quite useful actually because sometimes how many times do you ring and tell mr something and he doesn't really relay it properly to mrs yeah. and then mrs <laughs> rings you a little bit like later and you go and say the same thing again um yeah. so yeah 100 if you're a client and you're working in your client's best interest but that does again open itself up as you were saying having said that talk about communication so um two solicitors have said to sales progressors this week that i was meeting with yesterday um do not ring us do not contact us. We will not be updating any cases until the end of June. We will not be updating you on any cases until the end of June. And we will not be updating our clients um, that are looking at completing in July. Um, so bite the hand that feeds you, shall we? Um, the um, I get it. We're under pressure. But if you are a conveyancer and you are dealing with somebody that is... Um, in one of the top three most stressful things in their life, people are gagging for information, gagging for information. If they can't get older than their conveyancer, who are they going to call? Not Ghostbusters. Um, they're a state agent, aren't they? Because they just want some information. So it's, it's by just putting up the barriers. I get it that they're dealing with 200 cases rather than 75 cases. But yeah. by putting up the barriers, it's not helpful to anybody, is it? So this is back to transparency, communication. We need a general change in the whole way that we, we run the home buying and selling process because it is broken. We all know that and we're all trying to do the best, aren't we? Uh, I've got solicitors like you've indicated there that are just going, I'm, I can't return your call. I'm not going to have any new business. I can't even speak to my, don't have time to speak to my existing clients, let alone speak to anyone else's or new clients. And that's a real, real issue, isn't it? And so with this impending down, I don't want to call it a cliff edge because we banned that word before, but we are going to have quite a consolidated and, and busy rest of June. And it's going to be really challenging for us agents because if we're not having that information coming from the conveyances and the solicitors, we're slightly left in the dark. And like you said, who, who do the sellers and the buyers come and have a go at? They have a go at us. Yes. And, and do you know what? That is reflected in one of the latest communications with the ombudsman. And the ombudsman has said that um, complaints against estate agents have shot up. Well, they blimmin' do that every year because everyone wants to have a kick at us, don't they? But actually, we make your dreams come true. Um, so the challenge is, is is communication, but frustration from that that seller or the buyer. Um, and the and the ombudsman has has indicated that they're frustrated the buyer, the seller, it's not necessarily us. They put in the complaints that the solicitors might not have responded, that the, the system might not have hit the date they said they were going to, but it's the agent that comes in to, to take that rap. And it's a real challenge to see how we're going to, to change this. But 
does the consumer actually see what's going on behind the scenes? I don't think they do. And obviously we're so dependent on other parts of the chain um, that it needs to be more of a level playing field. Um, and then we can get our complaints down because you don't want anyone to complain, not that either of us know what it's like, but you don't want anyone to complain because it just takes a, a lot of a lot of time, energy and, and stress. And actually I was talking to, um, I was talking to a lady that I was looking to, to, to recruit um, and she was saying that she'd come out of a position because they put her into this role where she wasn't necessarily familiar with what was going on and a, and um, a tenant escalated and, and, and made a complaint against a, a property and it went to the local authority and she said the stress and the time taken and like you waking up in the middle of the night she took this so on her shoulders that and it so consumed her that it really affected how she did her business and her personally and no one should feel like that and, and i think that this is why we, we try and get it right don't we the first time but we're not always able to do that and the whole thing is back to communication and dare i say because it, it's your buzzword training yes exactly so training on training big thing so we have got the possibility of a number of deals missing the stamp duty deadline. Yeah. Um, I am working with lots of negotiators and sales progressors to really understand what little, well, I think there's gonna be elements of renegotiation um, as we hit the 1st of July. But when you actually break down the fact that the stamp duty steps down to 250 until the end of September, and you actually work out how much of a saving there is which is a few thousand pounds but not yeah. deal breaking thousands of pounds um, especially in a rising market where at the moment you could argue that if the market continues to perform for the next six months in the same way as it has the last six months then most properties will make up that stamp duty loss yeah. um mm -hmm. just my urge is to everybody work out what stamp duty saving people will get on the last day of june and what the stamp duty is going to cost them on the first day of july be prepared and be ready for that and work out how you're going to your strategy over the properties that may just wobble on the first of july if they miss and how are you going to overcome that we don't need a load of fall throughs because we've not managed what actually is a small bump rather than a cliff edge Mm. it's back to having that communication of those difficult conversations actually isn't it it's having that repertoire of things that you can say to try almost like mediate isn't it really um and, and having again difficult conversations which none of us want to do but you've got to get it it's the elephant in the room you've got to get that out there about what's the plan b if mr sell and mr bar we don't hit that day and um and it, oh, everything's a challenge, isn't it? Everything's a challenge at the moment. So, yeah. It's try and preempt it. Try and, as um, Pops has just said, try and preempt it. Try and understand what you're doing. Yeah. Um, so, we've talked about WFH. Yeah. I want to talk about WTF. <laughs> are you doing this weekend? Because it's going to be a scotcho <laughs> on over the weekend. And... Um, I'm hoping to hit a beer garden, maybe a barbecue. What are you doing? Well, I am doing a bit of a charity walk, um, which I'm very, very excited about, which as as you know, when good ideas happen, it's really exciting. And then when good ideas and friends get together and they mix alcohol with it, it sometimes gets blown out of all proportion. And this is a really good example of that 
happening. So, um, so Property Mark uh, President, um, incoming President um, Liana El Porto, she is um, doing a presidential charity and raising money for young minds. And the idea was to walk between five to 10 kilometers uh, and raise lots of money for this amazing charity. And I'll pop some information in. If you want to sponsor me, that's fantastic. Remember, it's all about the children. Um, and, um, and the target is 10,000 pounds. And Liana is very, very close to hitting that target. And lots of us are adding to her target through a Just Giving page just mention that again i'm happy obviously to put the link below if you want to sponsor me that's wonderful martin i noticed that you haven't sponsored me unless you were that anonymous one um in which case thank you very much 100 pounds tends to be the sort of amount that people are doing but obviously if you have to to put less that's not a problem at all i won't name and shame any little bit helps thank you so we uh we're walking five to ten kilometers um however I got together with one of my friends, Jane, and Jane decided, well, no, it wasn't. So we sort of had a chat. We go, oh, God, you know what? Five to 10K? Let's have a bit of a bigger challenge. Because you know Lady how Jones. I like a challenge. There was a little bit of fizzy involved in it, mm -hmm. yes. Um, and so we decided that we would actually walk the Templar Way. Now, for those of you that don't know what the Templar Way is, it is a very long walk from the top of Dartmoor, so Haytor um, in Devon, all the way down to the coast. Uh, to Tynmouth, um, which is quite a long, long way. It's 27 kilometres, and I'm going to say 27 kilometres because it, it's it feels farther when you say kilometres rather than miles. Um, so I, miles? I, always, I don't know, but 27 kilometres is more. Well, it's the same, but it's more. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, so, uh, pardon. Perception. Yeah. Perception. Anyway, this is a great monologue. Get to the point. Rude. Anyway, we're doing that and we're wild camping um, tomorrow night as well, which is going to be really, really exciting because the weather's going to be wonderful. We're going to be up at five o'clock. We've been told it's going to take us between six to nine hours. Um, and there is a, a little pub at the end. And you know what it's like after having a long walk. A lovely pint uh, is, is there going to be calling us. And I'm really, really excited. But we're not just doing it. But for that, you know, for the fun, we're doing it to raise money for a charity, which is fantastic. So, and I know you say I've got a monologue, but my buy of the week, because you're always rubbish with your buys of the week. Before you do your buy of the week, before you do the buy of the week, I do think you should know that you, that's a great, great cause. You and Jane are doing a brilliant job this weekend. Well done. And Leanne is doing a superb job at promoting Young Minds. And um, a lot of her social media, if you look on there, there's some great examples of the work that, that charity does. Um, so really well done, you. Really well done, you. So uh, thank you for the compliment. Um, so this, believe it or not, if you can see, I'm holding up a small sort of blue plastic bag. Uh, this is my bed for tomorrow night. This is my bed and a pillow, okay? I'm, I'm really hoping for great things with this. <laughs> this is for, for sleeping out um, wild on Dartmoor. And apparently I just kind of open it, take it out of the bag, press a button, and it's meant to be a massively comfortable bed. We shall see. We shall see, because I'm not totally convinced. But the reviews were very good. So that's oh, it's self-closed, is it? That's why. Yes. Would you like one? Well, no, it's good. For, you can reuse it for when you're in the office and you're too busy <laughs> to go home. So I've learned some top things this week. And I think that it's things that everyone needs to come to terms with. And, uh, and one of those things that we need to understand is particularly, particularly relevant for our industry, is that we need to know that when we get no response... That is a response. So I'll leave that one with you. And taking no risk is the biggest risk. So a little bit kind of like, well, let's see, you know, 
But those are the things that I've learned this week. So I shall put them in a little, uh, a little kind of like a meme box like we did previously about um, like things to keep you going. So yeah, I just, no response is a response. I like that. Interestingly, I saw another meme and I share this as well. Um, it said, uh, chances of it happening if you don't ask. And it says, you don't ask, 10% chance, 90% chance if you do ask. I thought that was very <laughs> clever. Just make sure, you know, just ask the blooming question. Just a question. So it's warm. It's warm. You're going to be out in the sunshine. What do you call a snowman in June? Oh, God. I don't know. A puddle. I don't think they're getting any better. I don't think they're getting any better. I know that we've had some of our listeners send some in. So, Martin, I do think you need to take some advice on here. It's just get, go train up with those dad jokes. Let's, let's smash it. <laughs> What's black and white and red all over? A zebra oh. with sunburn. Oh. Um, so that was gifted to me. There we go. They're my summer jokes. There we go. I love it. So um, as we come to the end of the show, what are we going to be talking about next week? So next week, we are back to reviewing our books. Um, yeah. We're going to be doing some business books. And again, as we talked about last week, a few of you have emailed in saying, I've read this book. It's really, really great. Please share it. Please share it. We're going to be talking about um, how to have those difficult conversations and maybe a few little conversations. We might do a little bit of a role play, might we, Martin? We like that. You like that. Um, and, um, and and really just talking about what's happening. Are things changing? Has Are there more applicants registering? Are there less? Have people seen the light at the end of the tunnel? Don't know. Is it easier, Mr. Seller, sell your house on Facebook? We're finding that kind of emerging. So we're going to have a little chat about that because everybody thinks our job is easy. It's falling off a log, isn't it? Selling a house. You just you just put a description together and take some photos and, and maybe put a board up. But actually, I'm going to try and sell it myself. So we're going to talk about that, about people thinking that it's really easy. But we're going to drill down and talk about just how many things we do do and how challenging our, our job is jobs really are and martin you're going to talk about one of the big disasters aren't you that you've had in your career when you were well the worst thing that's happened to you in your job and everyone is gonna love that aren't they it was in our content planning meeting live in the show that is fabulous <laughs> have a good rest of the week why well, i would end with one thing for everybody that my grand taught me from a young age is treat people in the way you would expect to be treated yourself have a really good, that was quite serious then, wasn't it? Thanks. Have a really good rest of the week. Griff, it's been a pleasure. Well done for your monologues. I'll see you next Thursday. <laughs>